I guess my 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 go- big old golden nugget is really the advice that my dad kind of gave me on that mo- that day when I was feeling completely overwhelmed, I'm feeling completely stressed out and just lost for what to do. It's figure out what you can do right now. What is the what is one thing you can do right now? What is the one thing that can start moving you in the right direction? Even if you feel completely overwhelmed, even if you feel like life is against you, hey, newsflash, it, it probably is. <laughs> so you yeah. know what? Let's make the most of it. Figure out the one thing that you can do today and then just do that. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Don't worry about trying to swallow the whole elephant. Just figure out what's the one thing. It's the one piece. Take one step. And as you keep moving forward, as you keep fighting, the way will be open to you. You'll figure it out. You'll find it. You'll see it. It always opens up. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, hey, come on in today. Let's get some motivation, inspiration. Let's get fired up. Let's talk to some people who've been through something maybe you haven't been through, but can give you some ideas on how to get through a situation to help you have a better day, even a better life, right? All right, today, we're going to talk to a gentleman here that uh, walked on at college, football player. Walked on. Yes, All sir. Right. That, that's an issue in itself right there, right? Walking on. And we're going to talk about uh, him and the wife having a little issue uh, conceiving. So welcome to the show, Rob Cook. Well, thank you. Thank you, James. Appreciate the uh, invitation. Excited to be here with y'all. I'm glad you're here and you and I have persevered here. Uh, that we have. <laughs> we have. We've tried to get on before and I had internet issues and my mom got sick and then we had little issues this morning, but we worked through everything and we have and definitely here. persevered. We will make it work. Yes, sir. All right. Anybody else that's coming in, just uh, hop in, leave a message, say hello. And if you have a question for Rob, let us know. All right, Rob, let's go and get started because I know we're on a hard time here uh, with you uh, saying so that we won't keep you on schedule. So, all right. I'm a big sports guy and everything. And so I love hearing people win in their it, their achievements on here. So you walked on college football. And now, mm-hmm. walk on, I'm assuming you've made it since it's part of your story. But yes, sir. We'll find out. So, so go ahead and. But yeah, so for the first story, walking on to the football team in college. So a little backstory here. I'm from kind of a small town in California, which for some people that might seem like a bit of an oxymoron. But yes, they do exist. My town has about 6,000 people. Um, one of those kids that I never anticipated being able to play college sports. I love sports, played them all the time as a kid. Um, then started getting attention from colleges my junior year. And I thought, well, this is pretty cool. Uh, I didn't expect this to happen. I'm always a big guy. I'm 6'5", 235 right now. And I was, you know, 6'5", 220 in, in high school. So I was, a, I was a pretty big kid. And I worked hard, just tried to work hard in the classroom. Because I never anticipated anything. But then I got these opportunities coming my way. Um, wound up taking some recruiting trips. Things never really quite felt right. And there was a school uh, called Brigham Young University, BYU, that um, I had been exposed to because of some summer camps and things I had gone to. Um, but they had stiffed me in the kind of 
recruiting process it kind of ignored a couple of my outreaches. And so I was like, ah, whatever about those guys. But my dad knew how much I liked the school. And so he decided to, we decided to pay out of our own pockets to go check the school out. And, uh, um, to make a really long story short, um, I had, ex- I had received offers from four or five different schools to go play for free, uh, you know, full walk, you know, full scholarship opportunities. I had done my official visits and then finally BYU comes around and says, Hey, we should have paid attention before, but we didn't. And we're sorry. But if you come and walk on, we'll make you a preferred walk on. So you're, you're guaranteed a spot if you come and walk on. And being an 18 year old cocky kid, I was like, Well, screw you guys. Hey, there you <laughs> you go. Give me a chance. But my dad wisely um, had me still go check it out. And at the end of the day, I'm a very faith based guy. So after some, some prayer and thought and kind of taking it to the Lord, I felt like, you know what? That was the place that, like I was supposed to go. So, you know, I'm going to go do the walk-on thing. It might be a tougher road. It might, you know, take a little extra work. I'm probably going to have to work through school and everything. But you know what? I can do that if I'm where I'm supposed to be. So I made the leap, and I felt like it was the right thing to do, and I just jumped in with both feet. Well, an interesting thing happened. So walk-on tryouts, there's 150 of us all trying to walk on, and there's only spots for five. Bad odds. Mm-hmm. Luckily, I knew that I had a preferred walk-on spot. So I I said, okay, whew, great. I, I made the team. Awesome. Well, in our first little huddle with the five of us that made it, the coach that was kind of over us walk-ons had us all kneeling there on the practice field. And he said, okay, gentlemen, we've got two rules. Number one, be on time. Number two, work hard. You break either of those, you're off the team. Oh, okay. And... That's, that's, that's good to know. And I'm a freshman. I'm living in the dorms. They tell us, okay, we want you, we're going to give you basic gear and everything today. We want you to report tomorrow morning at 6 a.m. to the weight room. You got a workout 6 a.m. And then we've got practice later that afternoon. Okay, sweet. Excited. This has been a two years in the making to finally get on the team. And so I'm, I'm really excited. I'm, I'm feeling those butterflies and kind of a little nervous um, because I'm, 850 miles away from home and anyone else that I know, but I'm, I'm finally playing college football, which I never thought I was going to be able to do. And, uh, so I set an alarm for myself to wake me up at like five 30 in the morning to make sure I was there on time. And I was so nervous for the, the, for that first morning's workout mm-hmm. that I woke up at, I think I went to bed at like 11 cause I'm a stupid college student. That's right. <laughs> that's I, right. And then woke up at midnight. I woke up at one, I woke up at two, I woke up at three and then I woke up at six. And I woke up and I looked at my alarm and they had been adamant that if you are late to anything as a walk-on, you're off this team immediately. And I remember I woke up, I looked at my alarm because I mean, I've been waking up every hour. All of a sudden it said 6 a.m. It was like 5.57 or something like that yeah. when I woke up. And I literally was like, oh, just freak throwing on my clothes as fast as I can. I lived about a half mile from the training facility. I, and it, I mean, it was... I threw my clothes on and I ran as fast as I could. And I got to the weight room at like six Oh four. Yeah. And, and coach Omar was our weightlifting coach. And he, he just gave me this look when I came in like you piece of crap. Who yeah, yeah, yeah. think you are? Yeah. <laughs> Cause everyone else shows up probably 15, 20 minutes early to make sure. Oh, they can yeah, exactly. And I'm five minutes after weightlifting is supposed to even start. And he just gives me this look like, you're an idiot. <laughs> and, and tells me to go stand in a corner. Or like, oh, you know, no. get the heck out of here, you know, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wasn't going anywhere because I thought, 
holy crap, I just passed up on multiple full ride opportunities. A couple schools even told me I would probably play as a freshman and to come and walk on here. And I may have just lost it here because I accidentally slept through an alarm. Coming to find out my alarm wasn't even on. That's why I didn't wake up until right before six. Oh. I thought I had turned it on, but I hadn't. And so I sat there awkwardly for the two-hour workout in a corner. I didn't have the workout clothes because I didn't have time to change into them before, like everyone else had who was there on time. And I was just in these you know, random workout clothes I had thrown on in my dorm room. And I'm this random new kid just sitting in the corner and was looking at me like, who's the idiot yeah. there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I refused to leave, though, because I thought if I leave here, then it just is like an admission that I am like, I'm just feeding this idea that this kid's, you know, an arrogant fool. Mm-hmm. And so I, I stayed there the whole time, went off to my classes later that um, afterwards and practice started at like two o'clock, if I remember correctly. And at about one o'clock, I get a call on my phone from my position coach. He, um, Coach Tidwell. And I look down in my middle of my bio class, and I'm sitting in the middle of those like giant 300 kid auditoriums, and I'm in, like, in the middle, like first five rows. I was, you know, I was kind of a geek, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make sure I got good grades. I knew I was going to go into, you know, I have to pay my own way and stuff. And so, all right, I'm going to earn an academic scholarship. That was like the way I thought I was going to go about it my first couple of years. So I was kind of in the front, middle, in the middle of this 300 person auditorium in front of everybody, and my phone goes off, and I just screw it. I stood up and immediately left. <laughs> in the middle yeah, of the yeah, lecture. yeah. And I head over to the, because he's telling me to come to the uh, the football offices. So the way the football offices worked is as you came in, there was a kind of a main desk, a nice older lady by the name of Shirley, kind of ran the, the football operations. And then there was this long hallway with all the coaches' offices. And at the very end was our head coach's office, Coach Minnehaha. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach Tittle's office was about three quarters of the way down the hall. And I could hear Coach Hall berating Coach Tidwell about me as I walked in the door. Just laying into him about who does this kid think he is? Where, where did he even come from? Why does he even think you know, all this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Just laying into him. And Shirley, she was a sweet old lady. I had met her a couple different times. She gives me this look like, oh, you're in so much trouble. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, crap. So I I come down the hallway and I, I can he- I'm standing outside of Coach Tidwell's office and I can hear Coach Benhall just laying into him. Laying into him. Laying into him about me. And I just wanted to sink into the wall. And finally, it seemed like an attorney later, he comes out of the office. And he gives me this look like, you stupid kid. Yeah, yeah. And I just, once again, wanted to sink into the wall as much as possible. And Coach Tidwell just gives me this finger like, come here. So I go in and he proceeds to basically give me all of it again. But instead of to, to him, to me. And what they ultimately decided is they said, Rob, the only reason why you're not off this team right now is the fact that you are a preferred walk-on. But as of right now, all access rights have been completely revoked. All of your gear is now taken away from you, and you are completely suspended for the next four weeks from this team. Oh, wow. Now, as a walk-on, you already come late to the game because you're not there for fall ball. You're not there for a lot of other things. And now I was going to have another four-week setback. And they said, I I tried to go down and I had some of my own personal effects in what was my little locker in this kind of little corner locker room that they put all of us walk-ons on. And I couldn't even get in. They had already taken all of my access rights away. All my stuff was just stuck there. Oh, wow. And 
I was freaking out. I was 18 years old. I was 850 miles away from home. And I had taken a chance to go walk on the school that I felt like I was where I was supposed to be. And all of a sudden, I started questioning everything. Like, what did I just do? I may have just completely lost all opportunities to play football. I'm going to have to figure out how to pay for school. <laughs> I'm going to have to, because I'm the oldest of five kids too. So there's no way I wanted to ask my mom or dad to have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, didn't, I didn't know what to do. So I did the only thing that I could think of, which is I just picked up the phone and I called my dad. And my dad said, was, you know, was like, Ron, what are you doing? Aren't you in practice? It was two, three o'clock at this point. And uh, I proceeded to tell him everything that happened. And uh, he, my dad in that moment kind of saved me because he, he heard me out and he, he, you know, that, you know, that's hard. And at the end of it, he goes, okay, Rob, what are you going to do about it? And I, I, I don't know, dad, I have no idea what I'm going to do. Well, right, well, what can you do? What's the, what's the, what's one thing you can do? Well, mm-hmm. he goes, are they doing practice right now? Well, yeah. I mean, I think they just finished up film and go back to practice, but I can't even get it. They, they've locked the gates. They won't even let me in the gates. So, can you look over the fence? Well, yeah. All right. Then you go stand outside that fence and you watch that practice. Don't let them see that they can just kick you away. Yeah. Fight back. So, okay. I, I can do that. So I went and I stood for two and a half hours outside that fence, like a weird peeping Tom. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Watch practice. And the practice field usually has, it has a big fence with, you know, plastic, um, little plastic things in between each of the chain link pieces. So you can't really oh, see yeah. through it. So you, yeah. And it has big bushes most of the way around it as well. So you, you really can't see through it, but there was a couple of gaps in the different bushes and stuff. And I'm six and a half feet tall, but the fence was only about six feet tall. So I'm sitting there kind of poking my head yeah. over, just watching practice. And I, as the guys are coming out, they're all looking at me like, who is this kid? Here he is again. He was in weights this morning and now he's it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. who is this kid? Right. Yeah. And my dad said, okay, Rob, but you now, you, you, you got a hard road ahead of you. What are you going to do about it? You got to figure out what you're going to do. Take it one day at a time and you're going to have to fight back. How are you going to fight back? And so I, I made a plan and every day they allowed me to go back to wait, to come to find out they, uh, sorry. One thing I forgot was that they allowed me to go back to do weightlifting. And so I said, okay, I got to prove to them that what happened was not me. So mm-hmm. My dad, to his undying credit, called me every morning at 5 a.m. to ensure that I was awake, which was there 4 a.m. his time. So he yeah, wake yeah, himself yeah, yeah. up to call me. And then I and I had set like three alarms at that point. So I was up at five. I was at the weight room by 5:15. I would be working out before we even started at six, and I would be the last guy to leave. Because I knew, hey, yeah. that's at least a minimum I can show them that I'm 100 percent committed there. Yeah. I then also told myself, okay, if they're not going to let me on the practice field, I'm going to be that peeping Tom every single day. I'm going to become a pest. They're going to, sh- I'm going to show them that they cannot keep me away. And so I stood there every day for practice five days a week for two and a half hours. Could I have been doing homework or other things? Oh yeah, yeah exactly. Did my feet hurt all the freaking time. Yes. Was it freaking hot sitting there just under the sun and giving me all these looks? Yeah. And but I didn't stop. I had, I had, I, only thing that kept going through my mind is I have to show them that that was not me. So two and a half, three weeks later, 
Coach Tidwell comes up to me at the end of practice and he goes, Coach Mendenhall says you can stand inside the fence this week. Inside the fence. They had yeah. seen me standing there the whole time. Well, that was the, that was the purpose you wanted them to see. Exactly, and so I was like, okay, yeah, fine, was hey, purpose, I'll, yeah, I'll take it. Okay, uh, actually, no, it was two. It was about two weeks in when that happened, and so for another week they let me stand inside the fence, and I stood there for another week and the whole time. And they, you, you can only stand in this one spot right here. I'm like, okay, I'll stand right there. I'll stand the whole time, and because in my mind I was like, I'm so I'm gonna be so far behind. I have to try uh-huh, and absorb exactly. by osmosis whatever I can just by watching these guys uh, mm-hmm. all day, every day. And uh, so finally, after three weeks, that's when Coach Tidwell came again. And he said, all right, Rob, you can come start practicing again tomorrow. So they cut my um, my suspension by one week. I was like, oh, thank you, thank you. I, I just want a chance. Just want to prove to you all that that wasn't me. He goes, well, we'll see. Mm-hmm. So, th- I'm already three weeks behind. I come in the rest of the season. It was. Have you ever seen the movie Rudy? Oh, well, as you're t- starting with here, I'm thinking in my head, Rob, Rob. <laughs> you know. Well, I felt like a bigger Rudy. Rudy was a little guy, and he got to give that dude credit. He was he's a stud, but. I basically became the little punching bag for the rest of the season. If there was a mm. crappy drill where you're going to get beat up, hey, Rob, come here. Cook, come over here. Come here. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. They have me do that drill. Man, it, it, Oklahoma, I got destroyed all the time. Pulling drills with guards where they can practice take because I played outside linebacker. Oh, pr- uh, pulling drill with the guards, so they can destroy a guy. Yep, that's me. You know, they uh, want to practice me able to bull rush a guy. Oh, hey, we don't have an alignment rate. Rob, come here. I'm going to have you get destroyed by these, you know, that's linebackers right. in, in in college and i got beat up every single day i remember one instance there's a guy by the name of his last name was brock he wound up getting drafted by the ravens that year he was 6'6 330 almost solid muscle the dude was humongous and he was in one of our one of our guards <clears throat> and they were practicing this kind of like counter uh play that they were running and he i remember in one play he literally picked me up and then like jump pile drove me into the ground and I mean, I wasn't a little guy. He just picked me up yeah. like a ragdoll and smashed me to the ground. And I remember the wind being <clears throat> completely knocked out of my lungs and just feeling like I was like, okay, I'm going to do a quick body check here because I'm feeling like my ribs might be broken to you. It's kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was fine. And he picked me up like, all right, there you go. Uh, get ready for the next <laughs> round, you know, type of thing. And that was me like, every day, just getting beat the crap out of all day long i was on the practice defensive uh squad practice squad and if there was an opportunity to beat the crap out of somebody they're gonna have me do it and it was like they were trying to get me to quit it was like they were trying to break me oh yeah and it's funny because i was always a i was one of those always worked hard i you know always kind of had goals and things but i had never been pushed that hard I had never been pushed by a group of people that were trying to break me like that. I mean, I'd done hard things. I was uh, growing up, but nothing like this. And it was like the harder they pushed me, the more I fought back. And I learned something about myself. I learned that I had it in me that I could fight back no matter what came my way. No matter how hard you tried to stop me, I could keep going. Because at the end of the semester, what wound up happening is I wound up getting like a 393 GPA. Because once again, I was going to have to try and pay my way through school. So I was really worried and focused on that. I wound up getting 15 pounds of solid muscle just because of how much I was working out and trying to eat and everything else. And just the pounding. 
And I got invited to go, actually, I was one of like three walk-ons who got invited to go to the bowl game that year because I matched the size and kind of physical attributes of this All-American outside linebacker slash defensive end that UCLA had that we were playing against. And so I was supposed to be him kind of practicing all week as that guy. And Mm -hmm. by the end of the season, I could hold my own. And by the end of the season, I was, you know, you get beat up so many times, you start to learn how to take the hits. And by the end of the season, the the offensive coordinator shook my hand and thanked me for everything I had done that whole semester, working hard, and for specifically in the bowl game, getting the team ready. Because we wound up winning, we wound up winning our bowl game by a blocked field goal as time expired. It was, it was oh, right. Okay, game. good, good, good. And uh, I found yeah, out later. I, I, was, I was hoping you, I was hoping you were going to say your coach come to shake your hand and thank you for being four minutes late. I wish he had said that, but he actually yeah, didn't so know that, that. that. That's your story, you know. So what you do is you turn your story around and let him say that he thanked for being four minutes late. See, that, that's when you talk, you do the TV thing when they say it's based on a true story. So yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's why they that's why they enhance things and make it this they based on a true well, story. Well, I'll admit there. it felt like I was in a mo- in a movie for sure. Oh, I hear you. I hear semester. you. Hey, Jay Wright, thank you for coming in, buddy. And you're right, uh, Rudy was a, a great uh, movie. Yeah. So we got our own little Rudy going on here. Rob. Yeah. Rob. So I will say, though, the best moment for me personally was that head, our head coach who had just, you know, berated me, you know, berated the coach tw- towards me and kind of just hated me. It felt like the whole semester. They do individual player reviews at the end of each season to kind of just rate every player and kind of talk about the future for them. And when I came up, I found out later from my the coach who had been kind of like my recruiting coach, Coach Doman. He told me, because uh, I wound up having to take a, a two-year sabbatical after the semester. He uh, he told me, Rob, I want you to know that Coach Mendenhall said in our review that I want more guys like Rob Cook on my team. That's the kind of player that I want on my team. Mm-hmm. And for me, that was so validating because oh, yeah, I yeah, knew yeah. that I was the kind of guy that they wanted. I knew that I was just as good or better than half the guys that they had given full ride scholarships to, at least better than half of them. Yeah. I knew that I had the capability to hold my own. And I knew that was not me that had showed up that one day, that one morning. Mm-hmm. But even if it took a whole semester to prove them wrong, I knew that they knew who I was at the end of that. And well, I learned who I was at the end of well, that. Well, and, and that's the way it is in life. Sometimes we have bad days, but that's sure. not you, you know? So get off the bad horse and get on the good one. You know, you can't win the Kentucky Derby riding a mule. And so, you know, you get out there and do the best you can. Yes, days are going to be bad. Days are going to suck. But yeah, that's not us in character. Learn from it and move on yeah exactly yeah and it taught me like i said it taught me that i could i could withstand anything it felt like i mean as an 18 year old kid i mean that was a huge lesson to get suddenly it was like i was i mean i was on my own for the first time in my life and i learned that i had what it took to make it that i could fight back Mm -hmm. and that's been a huge blessing to me ever since so even though yeah did that suck and it hurt really bad and yeah that was a terrible three or four months in certain ways. In other ways, it was it was great. It was a wonderful first semester at college. I mean, who doesn't love yeah, 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 yeah. college, right? But it, it sucked in other ways. But I am eternally grateful for that one lesson because that one lesson for me has given me the strength to fight through so many other things that have come since then and that I'm sure will come. 
because that's life. That's the way it works. Exactly. And I love the, I love the uh, support system with your dad getting yeah. up at four o'clock his time to call you at five o'clock to make sure you are never late again and see, and same thing in life. We need to build a support system that wants us to be happy and get what we want and desire deserve in life. Yeah. So uh, it's I'm a great support. Very system. grateful for my dad. That's for yeah. sure. Now we're not going to have time to get in because I know you got a hard stop here in a few minutes. We'll, yeah. we're we're going to make a comeback with you with the, you and the wife in the uh, other other part. So oh yeah, that's but, a whole other story right, so, in of itself. So we switch up with college and and it's talk about your business stuff now. So college, so you end up after a freshman year, you end up uh, playing. Uh, next couple of years, actually. And... So, like I mentioned, I had a, I took a two year sabbatical. So uh, I wound up serving a mission for my church, and okay. as part of that, when I came back, part of the coaching squad had changed. A bunch of the guys who knew me were all gone, and you know, for good or bad, I wound up trying to come back on the team after that uh, for the next two years, and they never gave me another chance. I was ne- mm. I never got preferred walk on status ever again. Oh and, wow! Okay. And so, uh, unfortunately, that was the end of my football career. Was that moment now? I have an, it, there's a happier story because about two years later, I was approached by uh, some guys that were playing on our collegiate rugby team there at BYU. And they encouraged me to walk onto the rugby team. And I thought, eh, what the heck? Why not? That would be fun. Been playing intramurals and working out the whole time, anyways. Walked on, wound up making the team. And then we wound up winning a national championship that year. And I played in the national championship game. So, you know, there could be a lot worse things. I uh, had a lot of fun playing on the rugby team. That was a blast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But even though, I only played one semester of college ball, college football. I am so grateful for that one semester. Even if I never again, you learned football. a lot about yourself uh, during that time. Exactly, so, and then learned a lot about when you really want something. How far will you go to get it? Exactly. You know? And again, the sports system with your dad and family, everything else mm-hmm. going, it fell in line. And yeah, but so. All right, so we 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 again we can start our own little. Rob, Rob. So may not be a full blown Rudy thing, but maybe you can. Yeah, little, I didn't play in the game, unfortunately. I didn't. YouTube I didn't recover thing, right? the fumble. I didn't. Uh, <laughs> I didn't do any of that, unfortunately. But you know what? Hey, I'll take it. It was there still a lot go. of fun. Had a great awesome. time. Awesome. All right. So now, uh, after your time there, uh, you end up getting into uh, financing and uh, I did doing yep. some money. So let's go ahead and talk about your story here, and uh, then we'll go ahead and run into your um, social media and stuff. How people can get hold of you. Yeah. So moral of the story is I, uh, BYU also had one of the best accounting programs in the country. I wound up deciding to major in accounting. Um, that's a whole nother story. Just the, the slog that it was to graduate from that program with everything else going on and, uh, got a job uh, as a CPA with Ernst and Young, one of the four large, three large, four, the big four, four largest accounting firms in the world. Um, great experience, learned a ton, uh, met some incredible people, uh, ultimately decided that I didn't necessarily want to be always reporting on the history of things. I want to actually help people and I want to help uh, pave a way forward. And so I actually made a pivot out of um, being a CPA. I mean, I still have my CPA designation and still help people in that regard, but I no longer work in public accounting. And now I, I worked as a wealth manager for three and a half years. I did financial planning and wealth management. Um, and then actually just recently stepped away from that and started to help I'm helping build and start a, a, a SaaS company. We're selling software to financial advisors to kind of help bring the next phase of better advice to the rest of the world and to um, to more people instead of just a small yeah. percentage that the financial advisory world currently serves. 
I know someone named uh, called my brother that could use some financial advice. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, as part of. He it's still my passion. I, lo- I love personal finance. I love helping people yeah. with their finances, which is part of the reason why I got into being a financial advisor. So even though I've left and I'm not officially a you know your, your typical advisor anymore, I have a podcast called Contenders Wanted. It's all about solving your money problems without sacrificing what's most important in life. And uh, I try to help people through that as well. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. My brother, he he wasn't blessed with the uh, attitude of uh, saving a dime. So, uh, <laughs> which I mean, as long as he's having fun and getting what he has to, he's all right. So, I'm one of them. I learned you got to put it back some. Got to put oh, yeah. a little bit back. Now you still have a great time. Still, still need to enjoy uh, life. But yeah, that's right. Yeah, so, for that rainy day. There you go. That's right. So, all right, Rob. Well, boy, I enjoyed your your story. And again, me being a sports guy, Jay, I know you're a sports guy as well. And uh, uh, you know, really enjoyed the uh, walk-on story. Uh, so we'll go from there. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're going to save your other because I want to get back with you because you know, I want to get this other one because a lot of other people uh, have dealing with this issue and we'll yeah. get with them and uh, that uh, story later. We'll read. Oh, and honestly, the infertility story is better in regards yeah. to the lessons it's taught me and how it's what it's taught me about myself and what it means to truly love and have, have a, a great relationship yeah. yep so we, we we're going to come back to that I, I promise you i want to get you back so we can get that story because again that's going to help a, a bunch of other people and uh, other dealing with the life than just uh, walking on in football so well fair <laughs> enough I, I, I would be delighted thank you hey rob go ahead and give your website social media your podcast anything else that um people can find you and uh, maybe get hold of you yeah so if you uh, are interested in the podcast? My podcast is called Contenders Wanted. Like I said, solving money problems without sacrificing what's most important in life. Um, in addition, if you want to get a hold of me personally, I honestly only use LinkedIn as my social media profile. Technically, I've got a Facebook profile, but I do not go there. <laughs> so if you mm-hmm. want to reach me, you can find me, uh, Rob Cook, C- uh, CFP, CPA on LinkedIn. Um, or you can just uh, try and contact me through our website at www.contenderswanted.com. And I'll get those links to put in the, the uh, notes to make it easier for people to click on. So, all right, Rob, one last thing here, man. Appreciate you know, being here. Jay, thank you for showing up again. And so uh, we know people are hurting and struggling today. Rob, if you can give us some great big golden nugget to help them get through today, that'd be a blessing. Well, I guess my, my, my go- big old golden nugget is really the advice that my dad kind of gave me. On that mo- that day when I was feeling completely overwhelmed, I'm feeling completely stressed out and just lost for what to do. It's figure out what you can do right now. What is the what is one thing you can do right now? What is the one thing that can start moving you in the right direction? Even if you feel completely overwhelmed, even if you feel like life is against you, hey, newsflash, it, it probably is. <laughs> so you yeah. know what? Let's make the most of it. Figure out the one thing that you can do today and then just do that. Don't worry about all the other stuff. Don't worry about trying to swallow the whole elephant. Just figure out what's the one thing. It's the one piece. Take one step. And as you keep moving forward, as you keep fighting, the way will be open to you. You'll figure it out. You'll find it. You'll see it. It always opens up. As you were saying that, I was thinking about how do you uh, eat an elephant? You know, the one bite at a time. So, yeah, that's a lot of things. A lot of times we get overwhelmed. We just break it down. And take it one step at a time instead of looking at the instead of looking at the big jigsaw puzzle piece, you know, take individuals and build that picture. So mm-hmm. 
Hey, Rob, hey, thank you for coming in. We are going to get hold to you again to get this other story with you and the wife. That's going to be interesting, too, as well. So, again, Jay, thank you for coming in. Anybody else, be sure to share this out. You know, someone like some, uh, hey, want to walk on somewhere and get some advice on how to, how to get there. So, thank you, everybody else. Hey, I'm Dr. Do. James. <laughs> Oh, there you go. Don't don't be late when they don't say be late. don't be late. <laughs> so that's right. I still wish you, I still think you need to change your story when the coach comes up and says, Thank you for being four minutes late. Then yeah, you maybe. can add the other you can add the other part too, what he really said. Yeah. That's remember, true. remember it's based on a true story. That's so, true. Based on a true right. story. Everybody else, I'm Dr. James Purdue, the Professor of Perseverance. Thank you for coming on to Professor of Perseverance Podcast. Do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you. Persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at professorofperseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.